If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Good morning to you and welcome to CBS This Morning. It's Monday, March 1st, 2021. That's good. I'm Gail King. That's Anthony Mason. That's Tony DeCopo. We're going to start with this, a breakthrough in the fight against the coronavirus. You are looking right now, right now, there it is. You're not looking at me, you're looking at this. Live pictures from inside a shipping facility in Kentucky. This is where a newly approved third vaccine, the vaccine number three by Johnson & Johnson is being sent out later today. Now this vaccine could dramatically speed up efforts to bring our everyday lives back to normal. And that is good news. Medical trials found the new Johnson & Johnson vaccine is 85% effective against severe illness. It's also the first single dose vaccine approved for use in the United States. It's also easier to distribute because it does not need to be stored in extreme cold temperatures. Errol Barnett is in Louisville, Kentucky, alongside a plane that will soon be delivering the vaccines. They can't get here soon enough. Errol, good morning to you. Hey there, good morning. Trust me, I am smiling underneath this mask because this is a significant day in the fight against this pandemic. At this moment, that single shot Johnson & Johnson vaccine is being packaged at a facility about 20 miles south from where I'm standing. And in the next few hours, those 4 million doses will march up I-65 and get placed onto cargo planes like the 767 you see behind me. In fact, UPS has designed special labels affixed with Bluetooth technology so each and every package can be tracked to the inch. Now, UPS is telling CBS News it will take roughly 20 hours for those packages to be handled here, handed over to the states before it gets to locations where you all can get a shot. So we're looking at early Tuesday morning. But we know that these 4 million doses are just not enough. Johnson & Johnson wants to distribute more than 20 million doses by the end of March, hopefully 100 million by the end of June. In fact, on 60 Minutes on Sunday, Bill Whitaker pressed Johnson & Johnson's executive vice president in charge of manufacturing about ramping up production. We have controls, we have procedures, we have testing. All of that is very complicated, very complex. We're not manufacturing simple items here. Mm. We're manufacturing complex biologics. And the concerted effort, the choreography, if, if you will, and the time it takes to ramp that up, it just simply takes time. Also on Sunday, President Biden's chief medical advisor, that's Dr. Anthony Fauci, effectively said, don't be too concerned about the lower efficacy of this vaccine. He said there are now three viable vaccines available. Certainly get whatever is available in your area if you want a fighting chance against this deadly virus. Tony? Yeah, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, zero hospitalizations and zero deaths at trial. Errol, thank you very much. And in our next half hour, we will talk with Johnson & Johnson Johnson & Johnson's CEO about the company's plan to get 100 million doses by June. 
While vaccine distribution is ramping up, there is a new worrying drop in COVID testing across the country. Right now, the U.S. averages 1.4 million tests a day. That's down from a high of 1.9 million in mid-January. Less testing could slow down our ability to track outbreaks of the virus. Our lead national correspondent, David Begno, is in Los Angeles. David, what's driving this decline in testing? Well, Anthony, the main reason is they're turning testing sites into vaccine sites, and it makes sense, right? But we took a look at the data, and when you take into account Los Angeles County, where we are this morning, it appears testing is down 34% in the last month. That's a pretty sizable chunk. And what that means is people who are relying on testing sites, say monthly, to keep working, are showing up at testing sites like where we are this morning, the VA hospital in Los Angeles. Folks are showing up to see an empty parking lot, and they're thinking, hey, wait a minute, what happened? Hairstylist Amanda Shuttleworth feels like getting tested is something that she owes her clients. I see clients regularly, so it's my responsibility to make sure that I got regular testing. So how regularly were you going? I would probably say like once a month. She had tested positive back in December, and so she wanted a follow-up test just to reassure her clients that she was virus-free. But when she went to her usual testing site... It was gone. It was like a ghost town. There was nothing there. Her testing site at the VA hospital parking lot in Los Angeles was closed entirely. And the city is now turning other testing sites, like Dodgers Stadium, into vaccine sites. And it's happening in cities across California. We were averaging 330,000 tests a day towards the end of December, early January. And now we're below 200,000 tests a day. That is Dr. Mark Gailey, California's Secretary of Health and Human Services. He says with variant strains of COVID spreading across California, mass testing is as important today as it's ever been. We can't ramp down testing too much. Otherwise, if we did see another surge, we're never going to be able to track it. And we are not out of the woods yet. The only way you track a variant is by starting with a positive test. So it's going to be key over the next weeks and months. And, you know, the upcoming vaccines could be a part of the solution. There are the new shots from Johnson & Johnson, Novavax, and AstraZeneca that can be stored in normal refrigerators in doctor's offices. And that is a game changer, says CBS News medical contributor, Dr. David Agus. Every year we give flu shots and 60 plus percent of the country is vaccinated with an influenza vaccine. Those are done in doctor's offices and in community hospitals. We have to start to transition vaccines there so we can go back to testing at the large centers. There are other doctors who say, listen, we need to focus more on vaccines than we do on testing. Do you agree? Well, vaccines are what's going to get us out of this pandemic, period. At the same time, we have to figure out an alternative way to do testing. Knowing if you have or you don't have the virus is critical for your behavior. Do I quarantine? Do I stay home? You need testing to determine that. Makes sense, right? As for our main character, Amanda Shuttleworth, she was able to find testing. She finally, after spending some time on her phone looking for a testing site, found a Rite Aid in South Los Angeles. She went through a drive through and tested negative for the first time in nearly three months. If you're a mayor, county executive, or governor, and you're watching this, this story's for you. Don't forget about testing. Yeah, it totally still matters, David. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. All right, moving on to politics here. New York's Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo faces calls to resign after a second former aide accused him of sexual harassment. The woman claims Cuomo repeatedly asked her questions about her sex life while she worked for him last year. Cuomo, for his part, says he never intended to offend anyone or cause any harm. Our national correspondent, Jerika Duncan, is following this story for us. Jerika, good morning to you. 
Good morning. The governor says he is handing over this investigation to the state attorney general after she denied his original request to choose a private investigator. Now, the AG is expected to have full investigative authority and even uh, oversee a law firm that will have the power to subpoena. Charlotte Bennett laid out allegations of harassment against Governor Andrew Cuomo in the New York Times, events that she says took place over several months. In one encounter last June, Bennett said Cuomo asked if she was romantically involved, whether she was monogamous in her relationships, and if she had ever had sex with older men. The 25-year-old former executive assistant added, I understood that the governor wanted to sleep with me and felt horribly uncomfortable and scared. Yesterday, the governor apologized, writing, I now understand that my interactions may have been insensitive or too personal. Some of the things I have said have been misinterpreted as an unwanted flirtation. To the extent anyone felt that way, I am truly sorry. Alessandra Biaggi is chair of the state Senate's Ethics Committee and worked in the governor's office in 2017. He's actually saying that he meant for those words to be playful, and there is no realm of playful when a governor of a state asks a young staffer who is 25 years old um, if she has sex with older men or if she has sex outside of her relationship. That is not only inappropriate, it is abusive. The allegations have led to swift calls for an investigation from many prominent Democrats, including President Joe Biden. President Biden has been consistent that he believes that Every woman should be heard, should be treated with respect and with dignity. New York Attorney General Letitia James will lead that investigation into Bennett's claims and those of another former aide, Lindsey Boylan. In a post last week, Boylan alleged Cuomo once kissed her on the mouth without permission. Cuomo has denied all of Boylan's claims. That behavior from the governor is the exact behavior that prevents us from having good governance. It impacts policy. The lack of just being able to acknowledge that either mistakes are made or that certain behavior is harmful to others is highly problematic of someone who holds the office that is the, the highest office of the state of New York. State Senator Biaggi says that in the past, governors have had a lot of power when it comes to investigations within the state. She says she's hopeful that the attorney general's involvement in this case will lead to more transparency. Anthony? Jerika, thank you. Donald Trump's first speech as our former president included some of the same false claims that inspired the deadly assault on the Capitol, and he expressed no remorse. Instead, he used yesterday's 90-minute address at the Conservative Political Action Conference to attack his political enemies, including fellow Republicans. As Ed O'Keefe reports, Mr. Trump also laid out his plans to continue leading the party. Do you miss me yet? Do you miss me? Even out of the White House, former President Trump is shaking up politics. We all knew that the Biden administration was going to be bad, but none of us even imagined just how bad they would be and how far left they would go. While former President Obama often spoke out about Trump after leaving office, Trump's desire to stay engaged in the political spotlight is unprecedented. After all, we've never had a one-term, twice-impeached former president leave office with an unusually large political following. And while he said he has no intention of officially splitting up the GOP... We have the Republican Party. It's going to unite and be stronger than ever before. 
Trump highlighted the rift in the party by taking time to call out by name more than a dozen Republican lawmakers who either voted to impeach or convict him last month for inciting the riot at the Capitol. Of course, the warmonger, a person that loves seeing our troops fighting, Liz Cheney. Polls show a majority of Republicans would support a Trump 2024 campaign, even as he remains the subject of multiple criminal investigations. So if he doesn't run in 2024, more than a dozen other Republicans are making preparations, and several spoke at CPAC. COVID didn't crush the economy. Government crushed the economy. I hear President Biden saying, America's back. <laughs> back to what? But speakers mostly embraced the Trump legacy. I hope on January 20th, 2025, he is once again the leader of our great country. The conference also included the former president and many other activists discussing unsubstantiated claims of election interference. Those conversations came as more than 40 states are now considering Republican proposals to change election laws. Most would limit the number of early voting days and hours or put in place stricter voter ID rules for absentee ballot scale. And I hadn't thought about it the way you phrased it, a one-term, twice-impeached president. Well, he's certainly that. And the former yeah. president flirted with the idea of a 2024 White House run many times in his speech, but he didn't just come out and say he was going to run. Why do you think he didn't do that? Well, aides tell me that legally and from a fundraising standpoint, he can't do all this other work he wants to do for Republicans if he's an officially declared candidate himself. So he may want to run again. We'll see. But first, he wants to continue being a kingmaker. Besides, Gail, we know he enjoys keeping everyone on his toes. Yes. Or on our toes. Yes. So for now, he's going to keep us in suspense. All of the above. The crowd was certainly glad to see him yesterday. Thank you very much, Ed, the crowd in the room. Pro-democracy protesters are back on the streets in Myanmar this morning, despite a U.N. report that at least 18 people were killed a day earlier by forces loyal to the military government. And just hours ago, the country's top civilian leader was charged with two new offenses. Ramey Innocencio reports on the demonstrations. Pro-democracy protesters threw Molotov cocktails at police in Yangon, Myanmar's most populous city. Elsewhere, they put out smoking tear gas canisters fired by security forces. Hundreds of thousands of people on Sunday called for the military junta to free Aung San Suu Kyi. This was their answer. This man, along with several others, shot dead in the southeast town of Dawei. A bullet pierced through this man's back and stomach. His lifeless body rushed into an ambulance, everyone fighting for Aung San Suu Kyi. The 75-year-old Nobel laureate finally appeared in court Monday via video conference, charged with two new violations, inciting public unrest and violating communications laws. Her lawyer told CBS News the charges are political. What do the military leaders want? To erase her from the political scene of the country. Do you have any fear that she might spend the rest of her life in prison? She will be a martyr. Already, memorials and martyrs are starting to rise where pro-democracy protesters fell. More funerals to fire up anger against Myanmar's military that so many want buried instead. For CBS This Morning, Ramey Innocencio, Beijing. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. 
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to CBS Mornings on the go ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. If you're listening to this podcast, then chances are good you are a fan of The Strange, Dark, and Mysterious. And if that's true, then you're in luck. Because, once again, Mr. Ballin Podcast, Strange, Dark, and Mysterious Stories is available everywhere you get your podcasts. Each week on the Mr. Ballin Podcast, you'll hear new stories about inexplicable encounters, shocking disappearances, true crime cases, and everything in between. Like our recent episode titled White Dust. After a middle-aged couple fail to answer their daughter's messages and calls, the daughter drives the few hours to her parents' house to check on them, But after arriving and seeing both her parents' cars in the driveway, the daughter gets an uneasy feeling and just can't stomach going inside. To hear the rest of that story and hear hundreds more stories like it, follow Mr. Ballin Podcast on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts. Prime members can listen early and ad-free on Amazon Music. Do you ever feel like there's nothing new in the news? You know there are urgent things happening in the world around you, but all you hear is noise. That's why we made What Next. Our goal is to tell you the stories you haven't heard before, or maybe a different side to the story you thought you already knew all about. I'm Mary Harris, the host of What Next. And I love my job because it helps me cut through the noise of the news. And then I get to bring it to you. Together, we can figure out what next.